This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Fajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Alan Fajari. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. With me are the usuals, Mike Ellis and Carlos Fonseca. Plus, we have Brad Miller and our special guest, Andrew Fash. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey. What's up? All right, uh, Andrew. Uh, let's get into the topic and the main reason why you're here tonight. Um, what a great race you had on Tuesday. Want to talk about it a little bit? Uh, it was a crazy night. That was for sure. Um, we, uh, we actually, I actually messed up in qualifying a little bit, which... I know it doesn't sound like a big deal because they started third, but um, if you watch the whole race, uh, low starting first and having that first pit stall, like kept in the lead the whole night. Um, he kept getting cautions at the right time, so I was beating myself up the whole day about uh, messing up and qualifying because I went out for the first lap, and I had a I had my live timing up from a practice session earlier, and I knew the server was going to be a little bit slower with the different weather, and um, I came out of turn two and I wasn't happy with my time, so I bailed on the lap and started a new one. And uh, the second time out, I came out of turn two and I was another half a tenth slower uh, as I came out of two than the first time. So if I just stuck with it, I would have qualified better, but uh, it worked out. Yep, and let me uh, let everyone know we're talking about the pro race at uh, Richmond, uh, which is second to last race. I believe your guys' last uh, race is coming up on Tuesday, which is Daytona, is that correct? Yep, tomorrow night at Daytona. It's going to be crazy, uh, for sure. Yeah, but uh, if, if you haven't seen the pro race, give it a watch. Uh, uh, you can watch uh, Andrew take the take the lead, let's see, right at the stripe? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> I think he won by uh, three, three one-hundredths of a second. And, yeah, it was, uh, it was about half a car length and... Uh, I think I was only confident in my position versus him uh, coming out of turn two on the last lap was when I thought, okay, this is, as long as we don't make contact in three, I should be all right. Yep, and you went on the high side to be able to pass Ryan Lowe for the win. So uh, that was a pretty good win. I know you had a great battle there with Alan Boas. Can you talk about that a little bit uh, before you reached uh, Ryan? Yeah, uh, Bose put up a really big fight, and the main reason being is that Lowe is his teammate, and um, like I, I know Bose really well. We get along great, and uh, he's a good dude, and he even said afterwards, he's like, I felt bad racing you as hard as I did, because I knew you'd get me, but the goal was to hold you up uh, as long as possible to help my teammate out, and I said, well, you know, no big deal. It was, it was expected. We didn't make contact, but, um, you know, we ran... I, he was really tough to pass. Um, granted, that was part of the reason that when the outside opened up that I stuck with it rather than trying to pull a crossover uh, for the win. Because um, it took me so many laps to get by bows on the bottom that I knew um, the outside I felt like was just was worth sticking with once uh, the gap opened there. No, I didn't see the whole race. I did see the end of it. Uh, somebody posted up a video on Facebook and... Uh... 
Boy, you were digging on that outside, and uh, boy, what a great track with the side-by-side racing, where you know the outside is just about as good as the inside, and and boy, uh, it looked like a momentum was what uh, helped you there. Yeah, it was. Um, it, I made that pass the same way I've been I've been racing at my home track on dirt all year, um, and it's it's kind of funny that it worked out that way. You know that that I pretty much did the same sort of style where you you have to drive it in a little bit harder than them to make up the difference, but you have to know that you're going to be able to stick and not shove up in the center all the same and, and get the car to set for the exit. And um, I hadn't practiced it at Richmond at all. I didn't try the high side the whole, you know, all week prior or anything till, till it came time in the race. Um when I started catching Ryan, I, I started running a high to low line uh, to keep the straightaway speed up and keep the momentum going, and that was the first I tried it. And, yeah, great and, racing. And I know watch. you guys also had a pretty good set, too, because um, I believe the first race of the week in the A Open, you had uh, Keegan and uh, Matt in there racing, and uh, they looked like they had a they were doing pretty darn well, so... Figured that your team had a pretty good set. So uh, you want to talk about uh, a little bit about uh, who, who uh, does your setups and a little bit about your team there? Yeah, we recently um, uh, put a new group in with our group. Um, I couldn't tell you what our team name is officially right now because we're between you know mergers and all kinds of stuff going on. But... Um, a lot of the effort Richmond we started with the Phoenix setup uh, that we had and and uh, the Phoenix set that we had was amazing as well I had to miss that race due to work and I was so bummed out because I like Phoenix more than I like Richmond um, and my teammate uh, David Rattler qualified second at Phoenix and ran up front till he got wrecked uh, in the middle of the race but um, so I would have loved to see how that one would have played out too but uh yeah, I mean, Bontempi helps me out all the time. He's He's been uh, the main crew chief on our team since I joined them a, a little over a year ago. And, um, you know, Rattler and Logan Sheets and, uh, and Patrick Crabtree joined the whole group. And um, the main, honestly, the main people to put time in uh, besides those guys is, uh, I know Keegan helps out a lot. Keegan Leahy is the... I don't know if that's even the right way to pronounce his last name, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, he's he's always putting time in, and, and everybody helps out. I mean, even if even if they don't have much time, you know, they'll still hop in for a session or two and, and just give some feedback. It's always good to get a fresh opinion, too. Um, so I want to shout out the rest of everybody. Uh, Victor Bartlett, uh, Marcus Lambert, Nick Ward, and uh, Richard Holiday. All right. So it sounds like a pretty good team, and you guys did a fine job, I would say that. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the pro race was at Kentucky with uh, Dylan Rafferty taking the checkers. How'd you do in that race, sir? Uh, I hate Kentucky with a passion. That's that's probably... I'm, I'm back and forth whether it's my least favorite or my second least favorite, but I like a bunch of road courses more than I like Kentucky, um, especially open setup. I don't know what it is. I, I can never... I can never get a car to to uh, be comfortable there. I never feel comfortable at that track over the bumps or anything. So we struggled most of the day. We didn't have uh, the greatest setup. Um, 
I mean, it was good, but it wasn't it wasn't like uh, most of our stuff. And um, you know, we we ran around between twentieth and thirtieth the whole race, pretty much. And uh, uh, we played a little bit of strategy and adjustments to to try to you know optimize because the race went green for a while and it was looking like it was going to stay that way. And uh, then there was a late caution, so that shuffled everything up. But but we played um, we played everything. Honestly, in my opinion, perfectly for our position, we ended up finishing 16th with uh, with a, like a 20 to 25th place car. So um, that was definitely a good confidence booster, knowing how much I was expecting to come out of Kentucky in like 30th, and you know, and it helped uh, build some momentum for Richmond for sure. All right, pretty good. Um, I just want to give you a little rundown of the top five in the Pro Series, which is, uh, as of right now, it's Josh Berry is sitting on top with Alan Bowes in second, Dylan Rafferty in third, Dylan Duvall in fourth, and Adam Gillahan in fifth. And then, Andrew, you're sitting in 17th, which I think would, uh, with a good Daytona finish, should secure you into, uh, into next year's uh, DWC, correct? Yeah, we're um, we're looking to finish 22nd or better to be locked in no matter what happens um i know that doesn't sound super difficult but daytona is so crazy you never know what's going to happen but um you know all the same that i have a handful of people between me and the the elimination spot well it's not even elimination spot uh the top it's top 21 this year for uh because somebody got uh booted out of the series so they added an extra spot to move up but it's top 21 that that get the DWC license and are guaranteed starters for the 43-car fields next year uh, for, for impasse. But the next 10 positions, um, so 20, uh, 22nd to, I guess, 32nd, or 31st, rather, um, they are uh, go-or-go-home cars, more or less. And it's those 10 people qualifying for three spots. And I've done that before. Uh, and it's just you end up spending so much time on your qualifying setup that you barely touch race and if you make the field you're not going to perform like normal or you spend so much time on race that you don't make the field in the first place so it i don't want to be in that position again it's definitely so much less fun and so much more stressful so hopefully we could stay in the top 21 here right what do you think of their new uh, series to uh, the road to pro series that they're going to start in October. What do you think of that? Um, you know, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't read a ton into it. I kind of got the, the gist of it, but I didn't, I didn't look into it in too much detail. I figured if I end up in it, then I'll worry about all the details. But I mean, I know it's kind of opened back up. It's a bit more like it was the very first year of pro. Um, they had, I forget if it was 250 or 350 people that got a pro license and um, it was based on safety and I rating combined uh, to a percentage. And um, we had more than one race a week. There was, you know, I mean, granted this one's going to be one race a week, but there were splits anyway, and there were different races and it, it played out a bit differently than normal. I don't think, I think if they do snake splits, you'll see, you know, pretty much, the the most deserving people move on but if they do regular splits i think it's going to be um i think it's going to be a bit tough i think there's going to be people in the top split that miss out on making the cut that are better than some people 
you know, at the top of second split that make it. So it's there's going to be some games, I guess, and, and some extra unknowns. But, uh, you know, unknown factors seem to add excitement all the same. So we'll see how it plays out, I guess. Yep, I think it uh, should be exciting, at least when it comes down to that time. I know a lot of people are uh, trying to get their eye ratings up to try to at least be in the top split there. Um, you don't run any of the regular official stuff, do you, Andrew? Uh, not very often. I I kind of stopped running official stuff maybe like my second year of, of DWC. Um, it's not that I don't enjoy it when I run it. It's just that I'd, I, I much prefer a league environment um, when it comes to weekly racing because I just... I don't know, racing with the same people and getting to know everybody, that's, that's part of the fun for me, and running official stuff, I mean, I'd run fixed setups if I run anything, I hate open setups, um, I just, I'm, I'm not good at making this stuff, I, I can adjust things to my style, but I'm not good at making them myself, and I just don't like to have to put in that much time, especially for something that's just for fun, um, but when I run fixed stuff, though, the, the problem with that is I think the races are way too short for fixed setups on uh, in the official sessions because um, they're half the distance of the, the open ones. And it ends up, you know, by the time you get the mayhem weeded out, it, you know, there aren't too many laps left to race and everybody's on different tires. And it just kind of, in my opinion, ruins it a little bit. So I much prefer, um, I much prefer the fixed league environments than over uh, official racing yeah while we're at that fixed league environment uh why don't you give a little shout out to uh, who was sponsoring your car during the yeah. Richmond race yeah um jacob fife over at integrity racing league uh jumped on board for just in time for richmond which was uh, a beautiful thing granted i, I think that was semi-planned i i told him you know if i had to I told them before the season started, if I had to pick a race to watch for, it'd be Phoenix and, and Richmond. And like I said, I missed Phoenix. So um, it's cool to have Jacob on board. I've been racing over there, as as you know, Alan, for at least three years, maybe four. I'm not even positive anymore um, the way time goes by here. But um, it's always been a great place to race, always fun, uh, always clean, always respectable. And, you know, even if you're having a bad day, the the camaraderie between the people and team speak and, and in the server is fun to, to where it's not that stressful. Even if you are taking it serious and you, you get caught up in something, you usually can have a laugh about it later. So um, I highly recommend it to anyone who, who enjoys league racing. It's fixed cup series on Monday nights and um, follows the cup schedule. So I'm looking forward to the season starting back up here. Yep. And for any, anybody wants to join, it's uh the website it's called integrityracingleague.net so you can look it up and uh and apply for the league all right uh i do want to talk a little bit about some official racing which was the class a open series and uh the last couple of weeks we went to kentucky and richmond um kentucky was uh some uh fascinating racing I most of you guys know about kentucky it's really bumpy there in three and four so you're so kind of the key to setting up the car was being able to go over those bumps real well. And um, I don't know, it was some fun fun racing. I actually did it uh, myself uh, four times, I believe. And um, I uh, was unlucky three times and blew uh, a decent finish 
four-time guy speeding in the pits on a green flag uh, stop. Ouch. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, but uh, Richmond, Richmond was uh, kind of fun too. We did that one. I like I said in the in the first first uh, race of the week at the six thirty central on on uh, Monday. I uh, was in there watching uh, Tyler. Tyler Hudson and um, I was I was able to see that uh, Andrew's teammates had had pretty quick car. They had uh, much better long running cars, I think, than what we did. Uh, we had a pretty decent car, but um, it wasn't uh, up to up to their standards, I would say. But um, but you know, Richmond's Richmond, and you're going to have being a lot of wrecks and that type of stuff. And uh, so again, I think I played the unlucky role. Uh, with that and of course one of them was my fault but then i did have a second place finish behind uh behind our crew chief uh setup guru uh jason k miller came in first in that race so i was pretty happy for him but right. um you know T- taylor hurst is actually leading the points in the open right now and uh and he's doing pretty well so he's on a pretty good team uh Mike, let's uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the new uh, 2016 NIS season schedule that came out? Yes, yeah, so excited. NIS, known as NASCAR iRacing Series, it's uh, 36 weeks. Uh, schedule was finally released, uh, and we got information on the series uh, officially from iRacing. And uh, it's basically the same as last year, um, there's really no changes. Um, of course, uh, the Europeans were looking for another time slot for them. It didn't happen. Uh, all the time slots are the same. Uh, <clears throat> there seems to be a discrepancy on the schedule, though. It's somebody pointed out on the forums the uh, sixth and seventh week uh, don't line up with the NASCAR schedule, and I just confirmed that. Uh, the Martinsville date is uh, mixed up with Texas, so uh, they obviously need to get that adjusted, but... Uh, I'm happy with uh, with uh, the good news here. Well, we figured that you'd be happy because uh, how many uh, plate races are full length? Well, that was the, something I kind of disagree with. There was too many. Uh, all the plate races, I believe, are full length. And oh, I think one. that's three too many, probably. But uh, I, I kind of like the half distance thing. And, and I'm okay with having a couple or a few full lengths, but it seems to be getting out of hand. Uh, I love full-length races. Uh, what's your opinion on that, Andrew? you like uh, full-length races when it comes to this? Um, I'm, I like long distance. Don't get me wrong. I, I really like like the longer races, but to a point. Um, I mean, four hours, you know, running, running the 100% with three to four hours uh, at your computer is a bit, a bit much for official stuff. But all the same, there's definitely enough interest in it to to run them um i mean i i like them when i run them but i'm i'm not gonna run that sort of thing every week unless it was like the pro series or something along those lines i think uh i think half that distance is long enough especially in the sim racing environment where we don't have uh we don't have mechanical failures and difference in in uh car equipment wise that I feel like half the distance is long enough to sort out a um, a deserving winner. Yeah, let me just run down what are full distance races this year. We got the Daytona 500. Uh, we have the Auto Club. Uh, that one Speedway. definitely we didn't need. Uh, we have <laughs> Bristol. Bristol's gonna be a full length race. Oh, we just need that one. Bristol. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. 
we have the, uh, the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte, it's full distance, which it normally is, uh, which is your four-hour race. <laughs> we have your uh, Daytona night, which is the one I think that they could drop. We already doing the Daytona 500. I don't think we need the, uh, what's it called, the Firecracker 400 or whatever. Yep. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure if we need that one. Uh, we have the Brickyard 400, it's full length, which I can understand, be honest with you, because I think 80 laps is too short there, so 160 is all right. Watkins Glen is full length, which to me makes sense because Watkins Glen is actually uh, a 45 lapper is actually pretty short. So I don't mind the 90 lapper, even though I'm probably down by two laps by the, by then. Uh, we have a Richmond night race. Why? Why? why do we have Richmond? Well, because, because Richmond is awesome, man. So why do why Homestead? This is, Richmond is fine. Yeah, Richmond is the only short track I like. Yep, and then we got Talladega. Uh, in the fall, and we got the Homestead, which is the last race. So um, I would actually have liked to see the Daytona night race uh, uh, not be full length and then probably adding add in something else. But I, I really enjoyed the full length of races, though. Um, I noticed that we were uh, joined here by Brad Wren, so either Brad Miller or Brad Wren, why don't you guys want to pipe in on the new uh, NIS schedule? I like it. Uh, I'm I like full race, full distance races. Um, but uh, you're an Iron Man for the 600. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Full length's okay, but uh, the plate races just become monotonous and quite boring. Well, if they yep. keep giving us tight setups like that, I don't. I hate them. I actually kind of. I'll be honest. I kind of like. Um, they aren't good. They aren't conductive to or conducive to regular plate racing. It doesn't, you know, it, it ends up not being the same style of race as, as what you'd expect. But all the same, I think it's kind of fun to add that little bit of strategy of like, um, you know, do I push the car early or do I save my tires and then make a charge late? It kind of, it mixes up the field a bit more and it also keeps it from being, uh, by the end of a run, you know, the leader isn't safe from uh from attack that whoever's in second they don't need help to make the pass um if if they set them up properly they can they can do so without any help uh just from the tires wearing out and people pushing yeah i like that too matter of fact i like uh i like it at all the tracks where the tires wear out and how we're doing it with the strategies and see who can save tires and see who can't and uh that's that's the reason why i like longer races there's just a lot more strategy involved and and uh, personally, I like that. But also to add to it, I'm never the type of guy that enjoys the 35 lap shootout, you know. So um, that's the reason why I enjoy the longer races. Yeah, I don't know which two, but I, I had read that um, two of these uh, full length races are back to back, week to week, which is kind of tough for the working guys, you know, when we're racing on Wednesday and Thursday night. Yeah, I'm not seeing that. So. I'm I'm not uh not sure. I'd have to look at the schedule and examine which two. Yeah, I'm not seeing. I mean, the closest ones are Indianapolis and Watkins Glen, which are uh, uh, inside the sandwich. There is Pocono, but um, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that. But uh, uh, yeah, oh, for the working uh, guy. Oh, here it is, Watkins Glen to Bristol, right? Uh, no, we're uh, the Bristol. It's the spring race. Oh, okay, length. okay. So I think we're. Uh, we're fine there, so it isn't uh, back to back, but uh, 
it does get tight there a little bit between uh, June and uh, late June and, and early September where you have four um, full lengthers. So I think the two back-to-back ones are Richmond and Talladega. From what I could see here in the schedule. Yeah, I got the NASCAR schedule open here. Uh, well, the fall Richmond, no, it's not like up against Talladega. Yeah, guys, uh, the spring Talladega is not full-length race. It's the fall Talladega. All right. Well, we're we're excited. Uh, Tafosi Racing is main focus is this series, and um, everybody on the team is running uh, of all the races, and so uh, we're we're putting up a real serious effort. I'm trying to get in the top twenty overall. Uh, we got a lot of good drivers. We're excited. That's good. All right, uh, Mike, uh, you want to talk a little bit about the wild conclusion to the 16th Street uh, Indy 500? Well, I didn't see it, but, you know, I, I did see the press about it, uh, the race, and uh, obviously Racer.com is still covering this uh, series uh, because we had Will Power uh, involved and Simon Pagano and Sage Karam, some of the real IndyCar drivers. But... Uh, yeah, they're you know they're wrapping up here. It looks like uh, they had a wild race there uh, for the last one. And um, who was the winner? I didn't even see. Uh, I'm not sure. Let's see. Oh, here it is. Uh, Pawelski. Let me say this right. Pawelski. Matt Pawelski uh, wins it all. He's going to win a 2016 Indy card hard card an Indianapolis 500 commemorative champagne gift set autographed by Tony Kanon and a set of Firestone tires along with a slew of other prizes. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, 2016 IndyCar hard card. That's uh, pretty cool, uh, especially when I'm going to the April 2nd IndyCar race. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm going to the April uh, Indy... Uh, here in Phoenix, uh, IndyCar is coming, so I got tickets for that. And oh, it'd be just nice if I had a hard card. Yeah, what exactly is a hard card? That just gives you full access uh, to the pits. Uh, you know, even when they're hot and that kind of thing. So, okay, uh, Andrew, your team uh, putting any kind of teams together for the for the twenty four twenty four hour race, Daytona. Um, I believe they have one together. I actually, I don't know. I know Lambert's one of them. Um, I'm not positive who all's on it, but uh, they do definitely have one together. So definitely keep an eye out for that. I I wish I knew more about it. Uh, now that you bring it up, uh, I I tend to stay away from the road stuff as much as I can because I'm I'm just I'm not that great at it. I'm I'm okay, but uh, it's definitely not something I I. Um, look forward to and and the main reason i'd I'd like to touch on this if i can um because you know i there's no love lost on road courses i love watching them i i I enjoy driving them it's just that um in order to make passes there you got to be really aggressive and you got to cut a lot of uh you know if somebody doesn't want to let you go um you know you only get two maybe three spots a lap depending on the track uh to really try to make a good move and you have to be really aggressive and in my opinion borderline um 
jerk about it uh, to try to word it nicely. But I don't I don't like to race like that. I like to run side by side, three wide, you know, whatever where where there's room to do it. And uh, road courses don't usually provide that. So it's just I don't know. All right. So anyway, uh, the 24 Hours of Daytona is going to be on January 23rd and 24th, starting uh, at the 8, 8 a.m. Eastern time. Is that correct, Mike? Yeah, it's a week from now. And, you know, let's talk about that date a little bit. It was different than the date everyone thought we were going to get, which would be the week after the regular race, not the week before. So uh, why did they change it? Um, not sure. Yeah. Did they did they put anything on why? No, and uh, but there was a you know we were trying. I think we were planning for that February weekend, uh, but then they finally announced it on Twitter, uh, January fifth. But we didn't get a lot of notice. Uh, January fifth is when they announced the date, and uh, January twenty third is the date. So, all right. Uh, since Andrew's here, let me tell you a little story of last year's. Daytona, 24 hours of Daytona. Um, I was in with a team with a bunch of the other, other Integrity Racing League guys. So we had uh, Jacob Fife, uh, Keith Dunn, Chris Sutchler, Nick Ward, and Marcus Lambert, and myself on a team. And um, we were racing the HPD. And so during the day, you know, our, our main focus was keep the car clean, keep it clean, you know, that, that should be everyone's goal. And uh, it was uh, myself started it, and then then Chris jumped in. Um, funny story about when Chris jumped in is I put the pit <laughs> limiter on, and uh, Chris didn't have anything mapped for the pit limiter, and so he jumps into the car, and the fastest he can go is 55 miles per hour. So he did that all the way around the whole track, then they went back in, and then was able to shut it off. But uh, that was kind of funny. And then uh, Jacob got in, and Keith got in, and then we handed it over to Marcus Lambert, and I think within 15 minutes of him being in the car, he wrecked it. So, <laughs> Ouch. So, so anyway, that's something to look forward to, Andrew, from your team there. <laughs> hey, like I said, I'm, I'm not a part of the road side of things, so I'll just sit back and watch um, as they argue over whose fault it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. The next thing they announced uh, was basically uh, – the schedule for all the big road events and that were con last year it was called road warriors well this year they're not going to do road warriors there is no series of these big events they're all going to be basically as they call them standalone events the daytona 24 sebring 12 hour the indy 500 the nurburgring 24 etc etc so uh, those events are still happening but they're not part of that series so which never made sense anyway, because you could never look up the scoring uh, to see, you know, where you stood in the series. So, yeah, and it it really didn't make sense either, uh, especially since you had the Indy 500, which is not a uh, road warrior type of uh, race there. So, it really, it never did make sense. But it is nice to see that they have four 24-hour races scheduled um, on the on the on the schedule. Well, the 24-hour um, of Le Mans, it says date TBD. Obviously, we don't have that track yet, right? Yeah, right. Yep. But it looks like they're playing on it, so we'll just uh, depend on when. But they have four of them. And last year, we only had two. And so adding on to the Nürburgring, which uh, I'm sure most of you guys have uh, 
at least tested out and driven is uh, is a fun track. It's very fun. It's but it's uh, it's long. It's kind of hard to remember the whole thing. Um, but it's a but it's a fun track if uh, you haven't been on there. Yeah, that'll be June fourth and fifth. Yep. So that's pretty good. And uh, so I'm actually looking forward to uh, most of these uh, races um, on here. And uh, so I'm, I was pretty happy with the schedule. Right. Uh, along with that, there were some other announcements. Ian Plash has announced that he's going to try to run the 24 hours of Daytona solo again, like he did last year, only to be disqualified uh, after the checkered flag because it is a team event. Uh, but he did it anyway. Uh, this time he's actually going to try to raise some charity money uh, to benefit Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. So he's looking for donations uh, for that. and Kind of fun to watch somebody stay up and try to stay on the track, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I think last year he actually did raise a little bit of money for charity as well. Um, I'm not positive which one, if that is the case. I know I know he does a lot of that stuff. He does a lot of iRacing streaming and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's not uncommon of him. But, uh, yeah, he's going to try to beat his record. I believe he did 700 and, I want to say, 50, 58 or 68 laps or something like that. Um, actually, oh, seven, 786. I had, a, I had it backwards there. Um yeah, he did 786 laps in 24 hours by himself. He did periodically, you know, during like driver swap time, he'd take a break and stretch his legs, and because um, it actually is bad for your body to to do that, uh, to to sit, you know, stationary more or less for uh, long periods of time. So he took proper breaks for food and and you know the bathroom and everything like that. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely fun, interesting thing to watch. If you got nothing better to do, tune into it. You know, while you're waiting for your stint. Yep. Uh, let's see. But four days ago, uh, they announced in the forums uh, some of the bugs that were kind of associated with the practices for Daytona 24. Uh, they had a problem where the DPs couldn't join servers. Uh, they had a DP meatball flag issue. Um, the field, there was some confusion over field size. The field size is 43. And then there was another bug where it would show your email address instead of your name, yep. and uh, which was kind of odd. That. Yeah, and and uh, on a side note to that, Carlos, were you worried that other drivers in the session were going to have your your email address and start spamming you? Or I don't know how one point I thought about it, and I just kind of ignored it. Yeah, but that did screw us over because I. You know, me and Jose have been running the Blanc Pain still, the endurance series, and we went to sign up for a race, and this wasn't something to do with it. I don't know what it was, but when I went to click on, say, Artifosi Racing, it took a, well, you know, I clicked it, and it registered as an email, which means it was by myself, which means Jose couldn't get in, so we had to cancel that and couldn't race that race. Yeah, it's a problem, and, uh, uh, other items here they said is uh, qualifying uh, announcement was unclear uh, is going to be open qualifying and um, yeah so as far as I know this stuff isn't fixed uh, but we'll have to see what they do about it yep and the server stutters um, server stutters right yep and, and I uh, think I even experienced that too yeah it, it definitely is there especially around uh, around pit road 
the main straight there um, before you hit turn one. It, it's definitely definitely there, but um, you know, uh, my uh, suggestion for people would be just turn down some of your settings, especially uh, particles. Uh, turn that down and um, and give it a go from there. So actually, for me, I just turned down shadows and particles, and it seems to have. I wouldn't say solvent, but made it much less, which is uh, very tolerable. But I would say if you plan on running, jump into a practice that has a lots of people in it and then start playing around with your graphics and do some testing because um, that is the best way to do Because as you know, there's going to be 43 cars total in there. And it's a night race, so there's going to be a lot of stuff. So... Um, I know that there is some uh, pretty things to look around, like there's a Ferris wheel and that type of stuff like that, but uh, sometimes it might be best to make sure you have smooth graphics rather than seeing a nice Ferris wheel out there in the infield. So, yeah, and it um, might, I wonder if it has to do with how many people are connected per car. I mean, sometimes you have four to eight people, you know, all in the sim just for that one car. I don't think so. I think it's just purely graphical. Okay. Um, another thing you could do is you could shut off the um, thing when people join and and the messages where people join. And I know some people suffer from uh, skips and stutters when that message comes up. You can shut that off in your uh, app any file. Um, and so it won't tell you who's joining, but to be honest with you, 24-hour race, you're going to be seeing that a lot. So if you have any problems with stuttering there, might want to consider shutting that off. Um, the DP meatball flag is kind of interesting because uh, you can get a meatball um, on that car just by hitting those rumble strips coming out of the pit. Hell, that happens to any car. It's The problem people are talking about is when slight minor contact causes a meatball. When you come down pit road, it's only optional. Some weird crap going on. Hmm. Okay. So, but yeah, I've uh, personally in the GT3, I know I can run over those rumble strips all day and it's, it might give me some damage, but it's not going to give me any kind of meatball. So, but I, I thought I heard in the DPs that they were getting meatballs from uh, oh, running over the rumble strips. All right, so we have another update. There was a release January 7th. Uh... And uh, not a big one, but it is unscheduled because they usually do them, you know, every quarter. So uh, looking through this, they did uh, some changes to rendering. Um, not going to go through those. Uh, they made a change to shared pit stalls um, to make that work. And a bunch of telemetry changes and a few things on cars. But nothing major here. Uh, it just looks like fixes. All right. Uh they were going to do an update today. Do you? Uh, did you? Yeah, that that went and got done pretty quick this morning. They did some kind of website update. Uh, some people were getting a 500 error um, when they would go to the website and try to use it, and they're trying to basically uh, smooth that out and keep it working for everybody. And um, it sounds like they're struggling with it still. Yeah, uh, yeah, their website is still not. Uh, Still not up to par is what we kind of expect from them. Um, but uh, it's, it's sometimes it gets frustrating, but uh, patience is the key, I think. 
with that, uh, Mike, you want to talk about the multiple sessions at once? Well, uh, somebody documented on the internet on a blog here that you can uh, be in one session, uh, get on the website and join up another session, and then keep doing that over and over and have all these sessions joined. Uh, you know, they kind of wrote it as, you know, it's an exploit. But I don't know. I wanted to throw it out there for discussion. What do you guys think? Is there anything wrong with this? And why would you do it? Uh, you mean be able to go into a different race while your other race is still going on? Right. It sounds stupid to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the exploit would be or what the advantage Yeah, I don't know why you would do it. And I don't think it really matters anyway. So, All right, I mean, well, moving on then. There you go. I, I didn't understand it. I just thought maybe you guys would know. I don't know. I think the only way, I mean, I this is the first I've really discussed it. I knew it was a thing, but I didn't think much of it. I do it sometimes to, uh, you know, if I'm in a practice and I want to register for a race prior to when they had, uh, you know, they let you join a race while or a practice while you're signed up. Um, prior to that existing, I used to do that, so I was signed up and ready to go. Um but the only thing I could think of, if somebody would have to have a second sim rig in their house to be able to take advantage of it um, by any means. And, and they'd have to be doing something like, you know, a, a road race where they swap out and, you know, whatever else in between. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like it'd make any sense to bother with. It seems like it's too much effort. Um, you know, so I understand why they haven't bothered fixing it because it's just kind of... There's no advantage to it that I could think of. Yep. Um, the other thing that uh, was reported by iRacing to the community was on January 3rd, they basically are disabling stats, and um, it looks like they updated this uh, uh, a day later and said the automated stats processing is resumed. But again, I, I think it must, it's back to that website slowing problem and, and uh, they just, you know, couldn't host the data up because of the slowness of the website is what I presume. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, they were doing whatever they can to try to make sure that, uh, People are able to race, and so if you couldn't see stats, you couldn't see stats, but at least you can race. So I understand the reason why they were doing some certain things that they had to do, but uh, it's still too bad, though. Uh, next uh, topic here is uh, a community uh, <clears throat> from the community, Laura Lawson, uh, who runs LSR TV, which is a broadcaster for several leagues and whatnot, and they're a regular the contributor. Series. Yeah to iRacing uh, Live. Well, she has announced she's got some health problems and is going to be stepping away from iRacing uh, indefinitely. So um, she's turned over the uh, LSR TV reins to uh, uh, the various people that she's worked with, uh, the announcers and whatnot, and the other technical people involved. So uh, the LSR TV is going to continue on without her. And... Um, there's actually a GoFundMe out there to help uh, save LSR TV. I guess they needed some fundage to uh, ship some equipment around from one person's house to another and whatnot. They needed $800. The community's already given $1,530. 
So uh, kudos to the iRacing community again. And, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with Laura and what she's going through, and we hope to see you back soon. I, I do want to note um, that anything that beyond their $800, $800 was to ship the equipment to uh, the other person, as you said, but anything beyond the $800 goes to um, any of her medical bills, and if anything goes beyond her medical bills, uh, she's going to donate it to charity, so... Even though they did meet their goal, um, you know, if you have some spare cash and, and you want to help, you know, Laura out or, or the, you know, just like I said, she's such a big, or like you were saying, she's such a big figure in, in the sim racing world and, and has done a lot to, uh, to try to legitimize it as, um, you know, as, I hate the term, but I'll, I'll use it here as an esport, um, but you know, feel free to go go ahead and donate. I don't know if you have that link or not. Yeah, it's uh, GoFundMe.com backslash RTJ9RYE4. But uh, yeah, donate if you can. She's going through some stuff. Uh, as you said, she's been really good for the community. Uh, she's done some great, uh, technically, um, she's been breakthrough um, on the broadcast stuff as far as doing picture in picture, which is very difficult to do. Um, and and uh, a lot of neat things that uh, I'm impressed with. So I uh, hope, hope she gets better. Uh, the next item is, uh, as we call, Shannon Whitmore's job is up for grabs. Uh, I don't think it is, actually, but that was the headline. Um, Shannon Whitmore uh, works for iRacing, and one of his duties is uh, to basically put together the schedules uh, for all the different series and whatnot that they put together. Well, it looks like they've, uh, they're going to farm that duty out to a new position. So iRacing is hiring if you're uh, in the area of Bedford, Massachusetts. Uh, they're hiring a competition and community manager. Or willing manager. to move. Or willing to move. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> hey, I mean, I would love a job like that. Because if you like racing, oh, my God, this is right up your alley. Throw your name in the hat there, Mike. Well, I'm not willing to move, but okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, it looks like they're giving Shannon a break. Uh, I know he has other duties that he actually performs besides putting together schedules. Uh, but it's it's kind of neat that you're getting a dedicated person for this. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, I think it's it's probably a good idea. It's actually someone to be in the forums and shed uh, good light on things and. Someone to uh, maybe handle some, you know, um, issues that might come up or anything like that. Someone who is uh, understands racing and i racing and and stuff. I can think of a few guys in my head in here that probably be pretty good at this uh, job. And uh, so, um, but uh, let's see, let's see on. Uh, what they get, I know they can't have someone like me for that job. That's the only thing I can say. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, next thing we want to do is a video showcase on uh, Matthew Blossom's Twitch channel, uh, which is a Ginger Gamer 48. So that's Ginger Gamer 48. That's uh, Matthew Blossom. He races a lot of ovals. I know he's working on his working on his eye rating up there, so he actually does a lot of C fixed. I saw him in an A open race, or actually raced with him in an A open race. But he does a lot of racing on there, so uh, go 
check it out. He's uh, uh, I'm, a lot of people have been around. You probably heard of Matthew Blossom before, but uh, so anyways, go uh, check out his uh, channel. And uh, Mike, you want to talk about uh, some new uh, hardware and looks like software stuff? Yeah, software stuff. Uh, Sean Woodhouse has a post in, I found in the forums called IR Pit Crew, and he's posted up some software. It's basically one of those servers uh, that you run on your your SIM PC, and then you run a browser on a tablet or an iPhone or an Android or another computer that's next to you, and you get some data on it. And uh, it's pretty nice. Uh, he's got it's called IR Pit Crew. It's got uh, fuel calculations, uh, you know, tires. Uh, information all that kind of stuff tire indicator fuel indicator and uh, i haven't tried this but i thought i'd throw it out there if anyone wants to try it um check it out okay um the other uh hardware side here uh Derek spears who's famous for his button boxes is now getting into the cockpit business and he has announced the american chassis as he calls it and uh, this is brand new, came out yesterday uh, as far as uh, the announcement and uh, looks pretty sharp. Um, basically looks like it's made out of metal tubing. It's got a place for the gear shift and the, and the, the pedals and the uh, steering wheel. I don't see any kind of keyboard tray or anything like that. Uh, non, it's not a movable cockpit or a motion cockpit, uh, stationary. And uh, looks pretty nice. So uh, we got a new entry in the cockpit business. Yeah, it looks uh, somewhat uh, simplified, if you ask me. Um, Low profile. Yeah. Do you know of the price on that? I don't. It's like literally just announced. Uh, okay. Okay. That's fine. Price TBD. Um, if you go to his website, it says price TBD in parentheses. It won't be cheap. Uh, best offer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's only available in the U.S. at this time. So it says potential availability in spring of 2016. So there is a uh, name and email uh, sign-up where you can get more information. So uh, you can go to DerekSpearsDesigns.com and check it out. All right. Why don't you talk uh, a little bit about the Oculus Rift? Yeah, yeah. Well, this new Oculus is sold out. You guys interested in that at all? I'd like to see the quality of it, um, of their their you know final model or new model or whatever you want to say. Because I got to see one, I got to see their their dev kit one um, actually with iRacing too, uh, maybe about two three years ago now, and. I liked it, but it was the the image quality, which they said at the time. You know, I, I got to put an asterisk here. They they said that the image quality was going to get better. It was just uh, you know more or less proof of concept and just a test kit. Um, but I'm curious to see what the quality is. I've heard really good things, and I think that'd be awesome to have as long as I don't start to get motion sick with it. I think it'd be really fun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd get sick. Yeah, that's what worries me the most is the is the emotional sickness. I kind of like to be able to see everything around me, even you know, even though yeah. it might be stationary. I like to glance over at my TV. 
like to <laughs> like to do other things. That's, I think I would get sick and something like that. So yeah, that's pretty much the only thing keeping me from it is I need to be able to see well, you know, my second monitor because since I've been doing streaming now, you know, I gotta somehow look at the chat or if I get any people to look actually. But speaking of which, go look at that. Honestly, <laughs> I don't. I don't think the motion stick is, is as bad as um, you may think. I know, like I said, when I tried it, I was in, I was standing up in the middle of a convention, just like trying it on, and and um, it it didn't seem bad at all. I think, I think if you don't get motion sick racing on a monitor, you won't get motion sick racing with this, because the only difference is that when you turn your head, you know, you can look around. So, I think it's going to be really useful. I'm I'm not sure what the I imagine your field of view is naturally better with those than, you know, a couple monitors, but um, I'm kind of curious about that, too. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I think it's, you know, since there's two small screens or two, you know, one for each eye, just it being so close to your face, I think you'll have a more zoomed out field of view, so you're running higher. I don't know. Would it feel like I mean. a fish eye a little bit? Well, I don't know. I'm just guessing, like, if you... It would look right because it's right on your eyeball. Well, whatever mm. whatever they had set up that I tried, my field of view versus running my single monitor was definitely wider. But obviously, being able to look around, you kind of field of view isn't really a problem anymore. If you could glance to the right or you know whatever, once you're used to it. I know um, in my real car with a helmet on and you know the whole nine yards, you your field of view isn't as good as triple monitors is on a sim. Um, just because you have a helmet to, to each side of you and, you know, the end of it. And uh, I think those, if I remember correctly, like I said, it was a while ago, If I, I think they were pretty darn good for uh, for being able to, to see peripherally. All right. Um, since we do have a little time, we're actually running pretty quick. Andrew, why don't you talk a little bit about your real racing? Um, well, I just finally started tearing the body down on the thing uh yeah we i I should start from last year but um i've been struggling for a couple seasons on and off and and had a lot of things going on well what Um, do you run first of all (laughs) yeah yeah let's start there okay good point uh i run a 70 actually i think this one's a little bit later year but um i run an early 70s chevy nova at um at a dirt oval that is advertised three-eighths of a mile i think it's a smidge bigger than that but um is decent banking the whole nine yards uh great place to race uh it's called big diamond raceway actually i think they changed the name big diamond speedway now because it changed hands um but it's Big Diamond Speedway. It's in northeast Pennsylvania. Um, so if you're ever in the area, I highly recommend it. And feel free, if anyone comes in that hears me on this show or whatever, stop in the pits afterwards. Say hello. I don't, I, um, I've actually had a handful of people from my racing show up and, and stop in and, and check things out. Um, but to elaborate on the season, I, I got my first win last year. Um after about four or five years of real racing. Um, I ran when I was 16 and 17, or sorry, 17 and 18, and then I took off for college, and, and then I was broke when I came back from college, and I had a six-year gap, and then uh, I got back into it. And um, you compete almost full-time for me. Uh, I, I missed a couple races last year, which meant I couldn't run for points, but uh, like I said, I got my first win, and I ended up with four wins on the season and six second-place finishes, which was awesome. So um, I'm really looking forward to this year. I'm 
going to try to make all the races and, and take a shot at the championship, um, you know, because I'd love to throw my hat in that ring. Well, it sounds, sounds like awesome. Fun. Yeah, it's yep. been, uh, we had a lot of, like I said, though, I haven't been without my bad luck, even this year, even this past year, I mean, because um, I started, I want to say 20 to 22 races and, um, no, 22 races and six of them I DNF'd, uh, whether it was one issue or another. Um, and then the last race of the season, uh, it was we ran. We normally run 20 lappers for my class, and we ran a 25 lapper. And uh, actually started up front for once. We do a random draw. It's a pain in the neck, but um, I led almost every lap all the way to the end. And and the last lap going down a backstretch, the engine let go um, to end the season, and I coasted around to like a seventh place finish. Um, so. It was not the way to end it because now, you know, during the off season, rather than having to just refresh an engine, we have to get a whole new one from the ground up. All right, that sounds pretty neat. <laughs> so, but you are having a lot of fun at it, right? Yeah. Oh, it's always fun, and that's 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 what really matters when it comes down to it, racing. Are at you the going local sideways level. through the corners? Yes. Awesome. Um, if you don't mind me plugging my YouTube or heck, feel free to check it out yourself too. Um, it's youtube.com slash AJ 77. Um, it, uh, I put, I have a GoPro in the car every week. I usually have a camera in the stands as long as the GoPro doesn't lose a charge or I don't forget to erase, um, the last week's data. Uh, I have the in car for every race. So, um, there's plenty of fun races to watch back. Uh, if anyone's interested in, in checking it out or, or if you're in the area and you want to see what the, what the tracks like before you go to it, there's plenty of footage from it. Cool. Sure. Cool. Uh, Mike, you want to take the next one? Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> before we get into final thoughts here, I, I, because it's the end of a calendar year and we're going into 2016, I wanted to take a look back at where are we with iRacers Lounge. And uh, we've done 19 episodes. Our, our first episode was April 4th, 2015. Spreaker.com, we got 162 plays. Uh, we only keep the most current seven episodes there. Uh, Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com. We actually don't have any stats over there, but all the episodes are there. Uh, PodTrack.com. That's actually a service that counts all the other sites together. We have a total download count of 5,431. Um, 48% of those are through SoundCloud. 33% of those are through iOS, Apple's iOS. There's 38 different countries that have listened to our podcast. 79% of our listeners are from the United States. 6% Australian. 5% from the UK. Uh, SoundCloud is actually our file host at SoundCloud.com. That's where the MP3 lives. Um, it shows 5,209 plays uh, with 533 downloads for a total of 5,712 listens. Uh, so I don't know what number's right. It looks like it's steep of uh, 5,000. Uh, our biggest reference, Facebook. We have 189 likes on our page. 96% of those are men. Uh, YouTube, we have 49 subscribers with over 15,000 minutes of watch time so far. Uh, I thought this was interesting. The average view duration, 13 minutes, 31 seconds. 
Our view count, 1,111. And we have 48 followers on Twitter. Well, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate that. And hopefully you can get the word out and stuff and and uh, and get back to us and, and uh, see what you want on the show. I know that uh, we don't talk much about the road stuff, so it's uh, probably the reason why most of you guys are from America and listen to the show. But... Uh, but we definitely uh, wouldn't mind having people on to talk about the road stuff uh, more. So that would, that would be pretty good. All right, let's go through some final final thoughts uh, and uh, stuff. So let's uh, kind of do a round the table here. So uh, Brad Miller, do you have anything you want to uh, convey before we close out the show? I did not listen to you guys last week, and I've been racing my guts out, and I'm losing I rating like crazy. But Probably because you fun. didn't listen to us. Probably because you know. didn't listen to us. <laughs> I know, I know. But I'm having fun. Um, and rest in peace, Glenn. Glenn Fry from the Eagles. Yep. Uh, Mr. Wren, do you have any final thoughts on the show? I'm just glad to be able to sit in and uh, just getting ready for NIS. All right. Uh, Andrew, let's uh, move down to you. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys for having me on, first of all. Um, I'll definitely have to stop in once in a while here to join you guys on another occasion. Um, I do want to throw something out there. I'm not going to say much about it. I'm just going to kind of hint about it, but... I'm working on something I was going to say about it when you guys were covering software and hardware and stuff. Um, I'm working on something software slash website wise that uh, has to do with iRacing and has to do with uh, a bit of optimization of strategies. And it's something we've been using in the Pro Series this year uh, for most of it. And it's been really beneficial. And I'm wanting to do more of a public release and you know see if I can make a few bucks off of it in the process to help fund the real racing. Um, all the same, but uh, I'll I'll be back to talk about that if you'll have me. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no doubt. Yeah, for you guys don't know that uh, Andrew is a programmer by trade. That's what he does in the real world, and uh, and he went to school for game programming. So I'm sure he knows a lot about this stuff. And and since he knows a lot about racing and i racing, I'm sure he's going to make something cool. So we'll definitely have you on at that time. Uh, Carlos, do you have anything that you want to convey? Uh, not really, but, uh, let's see. Oh, come on, talking about that, uh, race I won Thursday, last Thursday. All right, go ahead and talk about it. <laughs> you know, finally got a win in something. That's the only series I'm having looking look in one of, one of our leagues, and you know what I do on Mondays, you know, like tonight. Probably gonna wreck the thing on lap one or two, I don't know. I'll probably wreck, but that race actually went well for me, and, uh, new point leader. Yeah, congratulations! And uh, we were—I was in that race with you, and uh, boy, you did a great job. And I must say that league, there's a lot of fine drivers, and uh, it's not easy to win those races. No, it's not. What we're talking about is in the winter league here, which we're going to race in one of Andrew's uh, best tracks here, which is Martinsville, which we're racing tonight. But we have the Cup Series on Monday nights. We have the Xfinity on Thursday, and then we have a super late model on Friday. Well, uh, Carlos was uh, won the Xfinity race uh, last Thursday at Texas. Uh, he, he did a real good pit strategy. He was first of all, he was fast all all race long. He 
nothing you can say about that. Carlos is always fast, but uh, uh, there was a zero mistakes by Carlos uh, in this race, and um, you can actually go go check out his uh, his in person uh, recording there on his YouTube channel, and uh, and, and check it out. It was actually a, a a very fine race, and you did good pit strategy and everything on there. So it was a uh, yeah, it's a tough competition too. So well, I didn't make race. a lot of mistakes, but uh, some teammate of mine did right in front of me. Well, wow, you still won though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's probably what set me up to do a different strategy. I see almost, how it's beneficial to have teammates that almost wreck. <laughs> Gotta have all kinds. Gotta have all kinds. So, and I know Brad, you ran up front a lot of that race, so it was a good race by you too. And um, but it was a lot of fun. I was on uh, on tire strategy all race, and that's what got me in my top ten. So I was pretty happy about that. <laughs> But uh, we'll see on how it all plays out, out tonight. I'm uh, picking there uh, Mr. Fash to win at Barnesville since uh, that seems to be a place he always does well. All right, Mike. Uh, uh, my final thoughts, uh, I want to shout out to another teammate, Jeff Walton. Uh, he won a, a race last night, or he didn't win. He came in third. It was like a win at a Daytona 500. It was actually a 500-miler uh, uh, I think KMA hosted it, and uh, Jeff and Brad, you were in that race too. I actually spotted for Jeff Walton uh, for part of that when he was in the pack, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, congratulations, Jeff, uh, you know, to get a good finish on a long race. Uh, he, he's really struggled with that, uh, but he's uh, going to be setting up to do an NIS, a run at NIS, and uh, it's a good warm-up for that. The other thing uh, <clears throat> I wanted to throw out is uh, a shout out to PETM Podcast. And that's Paul Echo Tango Mary Podcast. Uh, they actually played uh, iRacers Lounge during their pre-record of their podcast, and they're a regular NASCAR podcast. They're pretty popular, and uh, what they do is they they run a a, a video feed. Uh, throughout their podcast and they were playing uh, our podcast before they started and other people were hearing it so hey just a shout out to them thanks for getting the word out for us interesting all right and uh so i believe i am last here um i just want to say that uh i want to add a new segment to the show which would be about setting up cars so I'm actually looking for some people to come on the show and talk about setups. And this could be any type of car, but uh, right now I think I'm going to focus on on the lower class oval cars right now. I'm going to be posting something in the forums, but looking for someone to come on the show and we'll talk about setups and, uh, and try to help out the people that... Uh, are just learning or want to make themselves a little bit better or anything like, like that. So uh, personally, I know a little bit, but uh, not enough. And I know there's a bunch of people that know a lot out there about setups, and it would be nice to uh, come on the show and start talking about setups. So we'll kind of uh, work our way into that and uh, all the different cars and stuff. And nice. I'm sure that uh, people, people would enjoy that. So I know, like Mike, I know you don't do any type of setup stuff at all. And... Uh, and hopefully uh, 
maybe you and everyone else that doesn't really do anything can get something out of it. So, absolutely, sounds like yeah. a great idea. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. So anyway, I want to uh, thank Andrew for coming on the show. I really appreciate it, Andrew, especially after your uh, your big uh, win there at Richmond. Uh, it was a fantastic watch, and uh, and uh, really congratulations on that. And um, but otherwise, uh, guys, you can catch us on all the usual place. You can check out our website, iRacers Lounge. We're on Facebook at iRacers Lounge, which is probably the um, where most people be able to see our stuff. We have our Twitter account, iRacers Lounge, our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge, which you can actually see see uh, the stuff that uh, Carlos puts on uh, with our uh, with our show here. So um, all that stuff is real good. You can uh, uh, check us out on SoundCloud. Uh, Stitcher and uh, and iTunes and Spreaker. So and also please email us at iRacersLounge at gmail.com. Uh, we do uh, read them all and uh, we do have some uh, guest ideas from guys want to be on. And um, so any kind of topics and that type of stuff, uh, please uh, please reach us. So anyway, I think that should be about it, guys. Uh, hour right on the nose. So uh, thank you very much. See ya. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on YouTube, follow on Twitter and Facebook, and SoundCloud. See you on the track.